0: We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Welcome to church once again, my friend. Hallelujah, the Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. What a special day today. Well, today is a special day—not just because it's Sunday, but because it is Pastor Bola's birthday. <laughs> so, uh, once again, like I said earlier, you want to make sure you put a very nice message on this um, on the chat box today and wish her a fantastic uh, happy birthday. You are blessed. Hope you had a great Easter. Well. He is risen, praise the Lord. Jesus is the reason for the season and his risen. And I pray that the resurrection life of Christ will find expression in your life and in all that you set your heart to do in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name for another opportunity to bring your word to your people today. Lord, I pray, O oh God, that... Faith will arise in the heart of your children in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Let there be signs, let there be wonders, let there be miracles, and let there be supernatural turnaround in everyone's life today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You are blessed. Welcome to church. And I'm so happy that you are here. And why am I saying so? Because Investing in your spiritual development is a very very good thing to do. I am telling you, investing in your spiritual development is a great thing to do. Spiritual development is a major asset and a major tool for you in the in in life. And so well done. Kudos to you for being in church today. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. And you have chosen that good part. All right? Great decision you have made today to be in Chotan. Listen very carefully. Take notes and then go back to your notes. All right? My responsibility is to ensure that you grow spiritually because when you grow spiritually, you are able to grow every other area of your life. You know why? Because you, are, you then have access to divine intervention. You then know how to work with the Holy Spirit in bringing your heart desire to pass. All right? So... Well done again. Well, last week, last Sunday was Easter Sunday. We all got excited, Good Friday, and on Sunday was Easter Sunday. We all celebrated, hallelujah, and I asked you a question what will you do with the person of Jesus? And so today, the title of my message is After Easter, what next? After Easter, what next, all right? Now, turn with me very quickly to Ephesians chapter 4. We look at two readings. And I want you to I want you to take time out to really train you today. All right, to really train you and train your spirit man. All right, so we look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 24. All right, make sure you take notes. All right, we come here to worship the Lord, to feed our spirit, feed our heart. Faith rises and we go out and implement everything that we have learned. Okay, so verse 17 says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk in the rest, Walk, walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that, that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to walk all uncleanness with greediness. Verse 20, But you have not so lent Christ, in other words, you should be different. If I if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, if that's your Bible, mark it. Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful laws and he and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's take a look at the second verse, the second scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. And so I said last Sunday, where well, that we looked at last Sunday, we looked at the, 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 the ladies, Mary Magdalene and, and the other Mary in, uh, in Matthew 28. The Bible says, now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. And I said that a tomb represented that area of your life that, that is dying or that is dead. And I said that, and I gave you four, four points last week. And I said that the first thing we want to do is to to, to confront that area that is dying or dead in your life. We've got to address it, all right? It won't just go away. We've got to confront it. Your spiritual life, the way you live your life, are you living a life of purpose or not? Where are you going to? Where are you here? And we said that area is not working in our life. We've got to confront it. Number two, I said we need to confront it early. Because the Bible says that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they got very early on Sunday morning, they went to the tomb. And number three, I said, don't worry about the barrier to confronting these issues because God has gone ahead of you. There are angels in waiting that will roll off and take away any barrier because there's nothing that can stop you from experiencing the love of Christ. And lastly, I said, you must see the empty tomb for yourself. Never rely on second-hand Information. Never rely on second-hand faith. See the empty, empty tomb for yourself and see that he's risen just for you. Hallelujah. And today I'm asking a follow-up question. After Easter, what next? What do we do? I closed last Sunday by asking you, now that I gave you two options last Sunday, that you can either choose Jesus or reject Jesus. And hopefully you have chosen, you have chosen to be saved. You have chosen my master Jesus. You have chosen to have Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So after Easter, what next? I'll tell you what next. We walk in the newness of life. We walk in the newness of life. We live the life of faith. Praise the Lord. Walking in the new level of life in this generation and in this end time is possible because Jesus has made it available and made it and given us adequate provision to live the newness of life. That is our responsibility now, my friend. Hey, if you are here and you have just given your life to Christ, maybe you gave your life to Christ last week, or you are like me who have been in Christ for over three decades, right? We constantly walk in the newness of life. Till we we'll die, we'll walk in the newness of life. Jesus Christ did not just come to redeem us from sin, but he gave us access to the reality of living, living the newness of life round the clock. Praise the Lord. And so because we have been given this gift of eternal life, We we are to walk in a way that is different. We are to walk in a way that is different from our world. You special now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Listen, we we are also being transformed by the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. That same power transforms us from the inside. Praise God. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking up to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down on the right hand side, on the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Let us lay aside every weight, newness of life, Oh, hallelujah, it's a great responsibility and joy to constantly live your life on a daily basis, living a new life in Christ. Hallelujah. And so we are responsible for living out all that the resurrection of Jesus has to to offer us. I'll say that again. We are responsible for living out all that the resurrection of Jesus has accomplished for us. We've got to live it out. He didn't die in vain. He died for you. He died to save you. He died to give you a new life. He died to give you a new hope. He died to give you a new personality, a new perspective, and a new approach to life. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And so I want us to also look, at, look at our responsibility uh, uh, across uh, three, three uh, uh, sub-points today. Well, I want to look at the distinction of, of the saints of God. Number two, I want us to look at the direction of the saints of God. And lastly, I want us to look at the decision of the saints of God. All right? Distinction, direction, and decision of the saints. You and I, we have a decision to make today. All right? Praise Lord. Now, let's talk about the distinction of the saints of God. Our life after salvation should be new. Your life and my life after giving our lives to Christ should be new. It should be different. It should be superior in quality to your former life. The life in Christ is new. And your life in Christ is superior. Your life in Christ is different. And it is different and superior in quality to your former life. Praise the Lord. It should be free from all sinful and corrupt habits of your former life. Hallelujah. If there's no transformation in your behavior, in your your character, then maybe you're not transformed at all. So you can't go back there. Yes, you can't go back there. You should live for heavenly things, not for earthly things alone. Hallelujah. This is what we mean by the resurrected life. We who have been saved are no longer like we were. The Bible says in the scripture that we read, it says we are new creatures in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. A new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. After Easter, what do we do? We live the new life. We live the new life. We live in newness of life. As a result of the new birth, we are no longer what we used to be. Don't go back there. You are no longer what you used to be. You don't live there anymore. You are not that person anymore. And we can no longer live like we used to live. You can no longer live like you used to live. We have been changed. So we are different from the world around us. Praise the Lord. The old life, the old life, the old way of living, the the old life and the old way of living at best is corrupt. It is corrupt in its thinking. Nothing good comes from corrupt thinking. Nothing great comes out of that which is corrupt. The old life, the mentality and the mindset of the old life It's corrupt and nothing good comes out of it. Have you ever wanted to do something great and then you hear a voice in your head telling you you can't do that. You hear a voice in your head telling you you're not good enough. Now that is the old nature. My Bible tells me that you are beautifully and wonderfully made. Have you ever felt, have you ever, remember in the past when you used to feel inferior? That is the old nature. Old man. Corrupt thinking. The old life creatively invents ways to serve itself. Your old nature. After Easter, what next? You walk in the newness of life. Don't go back there. The old old life creatively invents ways to serve itself. But you are different now. Praise God. The old life is self-centered and selfish and considers no one, but you are different now. The old life has no eternal purpose, but you are different now. The old life works itself to death in the pursuit of pleasure. You are different now. From pornography to gambling to addiction, it is self-serving. But you are different now. Praise the Lord. Is your life different now from what it used to be? It should be different. Do you still love the things that you used to love? It should be different. If you are walking in the newness of life, your values in life must be different. Must be different. There's got to be a sharp distinction between your life now and your own life before Christ. If there's no difference, then you want to think about what you are doing, really. You'll be more concerned about the things of God than the things of gold. That's the new life. More concerned about the things of God than the things, than, than the things of gold. That's the good life. You'll be more concerned with things that are eternal rather than the things that are temporal. That is the new life. You'll be more concerned about the things that are above rather than the things that are on earth. That is the new life. Praise the Lord. So we talk about about the distinction of the saints. You are different now. You have a better life, better quality of life, different from your old life, like night and day. Hallelujah. Then we then look at the direction of the saints, the direction of the believer. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise the Lord. As the saints of God, we are called to live by faith. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. The direction of the saints is to live by faith in the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself for you and I. Praise the Lord. Simple human faith has an element of of speculation in it. But faith in Jesus has an element of certainty. Simple human faith has an element of uncertainty. You can't be too sure. But with faith in Christ, we have carried with it an element of of, of certainty. Now, the best way to describe faith is by looking at the father of faith. The best way to describe living by faith is to look at the father of faith, Abraham himself. The Bible says, number one, Abraham Abraham was a great man of God who walked in faith. Hebrews 11:17 to 19 The Bible says by faith Abraham when he was tested offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said in Isaac your seed shall be called including that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense Now, we know the story of Abraham offering his son, Isaac. And i want to bring out a few things from this story and compare it to your life in Christ now. Number one, Abraham had a direct order from God. Genesis 22 verse 1 says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. The second thing you notice about Abraham is that he trusted God. Everything, knowing every life is in God's hands. Anyway, he trusted God. Your life is in God's hands, so you should trust God. Your destiny is in the hands of God. Your children are in the hands of God. Your vision is in the hands of God. So Abraham trusted God. A third thing, you notice that he had confidence in God's ability all the way. He had confidence in God's ability all the way. In the end, his confidence in God was attributed to him as righteousness. We are talking about walking in the newness of life. Number one, you must be different. The distinction of the saints. Number two, I am talking about the direction of the saints. And so we are called to live by faith. So God gave Abraham difficult tasks. Right from the time he was called to leave his home and his whole family to travel to an unknown destination. And so that task was difficult. And he was asked to offer Isaac... His only begotten son. That was a hard task. And he was justified because he put his faith in God. God tested him and he put his faith in God. The Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 21 to 24, it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son to the altar? On the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith has made paths. And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So we are called to live by faith. Jesus died for us, but we have got to walk out, walk out Christ in us. We've got to work out our trust and our belief in Christ. We've got to work it out. Living by faith is living a life of obedience. Living by faith is living a life of obedience. And so God, God gave Abraham a task, tested him. Abraham trusted. What I'm saying to you, my friend, today is this. God is trusting you to take steps of faith God is testing you and trusting you to live out your salvation, to live out your belief in Christ. It's not enough to say, well, I believe God. No, you've got to live out. You've got to live out. You've got to be different. The distinction, the mark of salvation has got to be be clearly expressed in your life. Don't go back there. Don't go back to that old lifestyle. Don't go back to those lies. Don't go back to to that anger. Don't go back there because you are different now. You know, the things God is asking us, right, is not, as, is, not, is not as hard as what God demanded from Abraham. So you can do this. You can live for God. You can live for Christ. Praise the Lord. Now let's look at certain things, a few things that God is expecting you and I to do. We're areas where God is expecting you and I to walk by faith. What do we do after Easter? We live the newness of life. We step out of the world. We are different. We don't go back there. There's a clear distinction in our lifestyle. Number two, we live by faith and our trust is in God. We live by obedience, trusting what God wants us to do. And here are a few of them. Here are a few of them. Number one, few things Matthew 4:18 The Bible says and Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brothers Simon and Peter and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen Then he said to them follow me and I will make you fishers of men They immediately obeyed left their nets and followed him And that is one clear instruction that God is giving to you making fishers of men. And so in this newness of life, we expect you to invite many to the Christ who lives on the inside of you. We expect you to give an open invitation to reach out to your friends, your family, your brothers, your sisters, and and share your life with them, telling them, hey, I have found the Lord. He lives in my heart. He resurrected. He lives in my heart. I trust him. He is my Lord and my Savior. Become the fisher of men. That is, a, that is way easier than, than being asked to sacrifice anybody. So you can do this. You can do this. You are called to live in the newness of life. After Easter, what next? You live the newness of life. You are separated. You are different. You are in this world, but not of this world. You are different from your, there's a sharp distinction between your new life and your old life. And God has given us, and God is asking us to step up and walk in faith by through obedience. Praise the Lord. Become fishers of men. That is one requirement of God. Another requirement is to make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. The Bible says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Praise the Lord, to the end of the age. And say so he says, listen, he says, Go and make disciples of all nations. What does that mean to you? Hey, you are on this, you are on this global platform right now. You are watching this on a global platform right now. So reach out to someone and say, Come and hear the word of God. Come and hear my way to church. Where is church? Grab your phone. Have you got data? Grab your phone and come onto this to this platform and hear the teaching of the word of God. That is you fulfilling the great commission. They don't have to leave their nation. But right now, through data and online services, they can be in church. The church has come to them. Because, my friend, the church has left the building. What is your part in it? Jesus is asking you to become, number one, fishers of men. Jesus is asking you to make disciples of all nations. And then he said, I will be with you as you go. He said, "Lo, I will be with you always. In other words, as you step out to become, to become fishers of men, as you step out of your comfort zone to invite people to come and hear the word of God on a global platform like this without leaving their home, he will be with you where you are. Listen, no go, no low. No go, no low. In other words, you will not experience the presence of God if you do not participate in the Great Commission. That is a lot easier than asking you to leave your father's house, your mother's house, or to an unknown place that you don't know. Our faith will be tested. Can you become the fisher of men? Can you reach out to someone and say, come, does the things that affect God affect you? Are you concerned about people, the state, people's spiritual state? Jesus said, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the liberals are few. The liberals are few. If Abraham can pass the test of faith, you can definitely pass the test of faith. Number three, forgiveness. Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 70 times seven. Newness of life requires that you forgive those who offend you. And it's very interesting what he says here. He says, how often shall my brother sin against me? In other words, your fellow brothers in faith can offend you. Fellow Christians can offend you. But the life and faith in Christ demands, demands that we forgive our brothers and our sisters. That we forgive them. Can you forgive? Are you a fisher of men? Are you making disciples of all nations? Can you forgive those who offend you? Or are you still not seeing the grudge from what happened in 2002? <laughs> are you still offended with that person for what happened 20 years ago? Are you still turning that problem over and over and over Okay, Let it go! It's part of your newness of life and it's an area where God will test you. Let it go! Let it go! Forgive! as your heavenly father has forgiven you. That's a lot easier. That's a lot easier compared to Abraham. And yet the Bible says Abraham believed God. He believed God. Abraham trusted God. Abraham had no reference point. But you do. So you can become the fisher of men. You can make disciples of all nations. And you can forgive your brothers and sisters when they sin against you when they offend you. Number four, pray or prayer. Luke 18 verse 1 says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men, men always, that is mankind, always ought to pray and not lose heart. Always ought to pray and not lose heart. Have you given up? Are you still prayerful? As a new person in Christ, whether you just got saved last week, or you like me, you've been, you've already, you're have doing your, your, your third decade, we are called to the place of prayer. A prayerless Christian is a powerless one. And so walking in the newness of life demands that I live a prayerful life. Walking in the newness of life demands that you live a prayerful life. Praise the Lord. Men always, mankind always, ought to pray and not lose heart. Number one, you become fishers of men. When you walk walking in faith, become fishers of men. Make disciples of all nations. Forgive those who offend you. And become a prayer warrior. Number five, Love each other. John 5, 12. John fifteen twelve, and John 15, 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. John fifteen seventeen. These things I command you, that you love each other. These things I command you, I, I command you, that you love each other. By this, by this, that all men, Bible says, my commandment, that this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 17 says, this is I command you, that you love one another. John 15, 12 and John 15, 17. This is the requirement, one of the many requirements of the newness of life. Praise the Lord that you love each other. Not because they love you. But because you've embraced the cross and because you are walking in faith, your faith life requires that you love your brothers and your sisters. Number six, give and giving. Luke 6:38. It says, give and shall be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For the measure you, for the same measure that you use, it will be measured measured back to you. So giving is part of the newness of life. Praise the Lord. Giving is part of the newness of life. Hallelujah. And you know what? It, it undergirds your motive for doing what you are doing. Praise the Lord. Uh, and I always say, Lord, bless me, increase me, prosper me so I can, so I can promote the kingdom of God. I remember when I was getting to when I was going, um, when I was asking God to bless my career back back in the day, uh, bless my career and bless my business. I used to tell the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, put the font in my hand and my church will feel it. Put the font in my hand and I will pass it on to those in need. Put the font in my hands, and the kingdom of God will know that you have blessed me. So giving. It's part of walking in the newness of life. Giving is also part of your faith walk. Hallelujah. And number seven, a tithe. Malachi 3 verse 10. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open, the, open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And so we look at just seven areas where God will require you to walk in faith as part of your newness of life. What do we do after, what do we do after Easter? We walk in the newness of life. Abraham was, a, was just mere human like the rest of us. It wasn't easy for him to, 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 to render pleasing service to God, but he lived by faith. When we live by faith in Jesus, we live, we live with confidence. We have more more reason than Abraham to live by faith. Praise the Lord. Abraham had no precedence. Most of what he did. Abraham, there was no precedent for most of what Abraham did. Leaving his homeland, offering his son, everything he did, there was no reference point. And yet, the Bible says he did those things. He stepped up, he stepped up, stepped out, he did them, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So you can do this. Abraham had no example to follow. Abraham has no, had no example to follow. But you and I, we have the example of Abraham to follow. We have the example of Jesus to follow. And then we have the example of Apostle Paul to follow. And then we have the example of, of the entire New Testament, the Acts of the Apostles, to follow. Contemporaries may have thought during Abraham's time that he was crazy, he was alone. There was no reference point. But in his heart, he trusted God and took action steps. Will you take action steps in the area of um, making disciples of our four nations? Can you take action steps in the area of being a fisher of men? Can you take action action steps in the area of forgiveness? Can you take action steps in the area of love? Can you take action steps in the area of prayer? Can you take action steps in the area of giving? Can you take action steps in the area of tithing? Abraham had no reference point. You and I today, today, we hear testimonies of testimonies of testimonies of people who trusted God for one thing or the other, acted on their faith, and then they experienced divine intervention. Abraham had no reference point. So if Abraham can do it, you can as well. And so we live for him. If we have faith in Christ, we must strive to please God. We live to serve him. We should never be, it should should never be hard to get people to pray if they love Jesus. It should never be hard to get people, it should never be hard to get you to become a fisher of men if you love Jesus. It should never be hard for you to forgive your neighbor if you really love Jesus. It should never be hard for you to pick up your phone and call someone on the other end of the world and say, hey, come online, come and hear the word of God today and grow your spirit. It should never be hard if you love Jesus. It should never be hard for you to forgive if you genuinely love Jesus because you yourself, you've been forgiving your sins by Jesus Christ. It should never be hard to to let go if you love Jesus. It should never be hard to give if you genuinely love Jesus. It should, never be, it should never be hard to tithe if you genuinely love Jesus. I always say something. I always say, you know what? A man or a woman who cannot give, cannot give one out of ten has a bigger problem than the money. It's never about money. Somebody who, cannot, who has one, ten, and cannot give one out of ten for me, has a bigger issue. So there's no point trying to talk about tithing because, because that action alone talks, tells me that that person has a bigger issue than their money. And so that person needs a lot of support than the money because it's never about money. Never about money. It's about your faith. It's about walking in, in the newness of life. Is about trusting God. The whole principle of economics is based on scarcity, <laughs> scarcity of land, labor, and capital. But do you trust God like Abraham did? It should never be hard to get people to do things for the kingdom of God. What is your motivation for doing whatever it is you are doing? My motivation. It is to serve the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom of God and to prosper his church. That's my motivation. Has always been my motivation as a career professional and an entrepreneur, to advance, to advance the kingdom of God and to prosper his local church. What's your motivation? What's your why? Does Christ play a part in your reason for doing whatever it is you are doing? God hasn't asked us to make sacrifices as hard as Abraham was asked to make. No, we live righteous lives just by faith in what Jesus did last Sunday. Praise the Lord. So, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. All we need to do is believe and walk in the newness of life. Living living by faith in Christ means trusting our lives to him. When we live with him through faith, we can live with confidence, we can live for him, and we can and must live righteous lives. Absolutely. Now let's look at the last part, the decisions of the saints. We've talked about the distinction, we've talked about the direction, now we'll talk about the decision of the saints. Three things. Number one, you must put off the old man, the old habit. Galatians 5:16 to 18 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So number one, the decision of the saints is, one, put, we must put off the old man, that old nature. You get rid of it. 1 Corinthians 15, 31 says, I affirm by the boasting in you that I, that I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. Daily death to yourself is a major requirement. Paul said, I die daily. I die daily. Put off the old man. Put it off. Put off the old nature, the old habit. Get rid of it. Number two, we must renew our minds on a daily basis. Renew our mind. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, Stop your old habits, and then you must renew your mind. Renew your mind with the word of God. And lastly, you must put on the new man. So you take off, forget your old nature, put on a new mind, and then you put on new behavior. Praise the Lord. Ephesians four twenty says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, and as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I just pray for you that indeed you will become a vessel of honor in the hand of our master Jesus. I pray for you that indeed, even as you have set your hand on the plow, that God Almighty will fortify you by your spirit in the name of Jesus. I want you to know that you are in the kingdom of God for such a time like this. God wants you to be the fisher of men. God wants you to make disciples of all nations. I pray that you will carry the burden of Christ for lost souls in the name of Jesus, I pray for divine visitation. I pray that God will open your eyes and your ears to hear the heartbeat of the Lord over our world, our dying world in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will use you to rescue as many as possible that will bring knowledge and light, knowledge and light into the heart of men in the name of Jesus. Listen to me very carefully. You are in a privileged position right now. Now you are watching me through this telecast on on, on our online platform right now. Listen, all you need to do is to make a simple invitation. Because I tell you, someone, God is preparing someone's heart right now. And they are waiting for your phone call. All you need to do is to reach out and say, hey, do you want to check this out? That's all. That's all. Right now, in this family, we have people from the U.S., from Africa, from Asia, who are part of this service, are part of this family, all from the comfort of their home. Do you know how many people, how many souls out there who are waiting for you to invite them? Look at your phone book. Look at your friends online. Reach out to them. Don't assume that anyone is saved. Allow God to use you. Bless the world with the same Jesus that you have that you have invited into your life. Don't be an onlooker, don't be a side-looker. Get in the game, get in the game. Make fishers of men, make disciples of all nations. Give, uh, 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 Forgive uh, and pray, and the hand of God will be upon you, my friend, in Jesus' mighty name. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I ask, oh God, that you bless everyone under the sound of my voice right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, grow them, raise them as warriors, as soldiers in your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.